Three by five live podcast. Hello, friends. Hi, friends. Thanks for being here today. We chatted about a little uh, time and what time means to you in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Some time management. Yeah, and today I think we're going to riff on a topic that comes up here a bunch, uh, but it is self talk. Mm-hmm. And I got a quote here. I want to read: "Your subconscious mind." is always listening to and believing in everything you repeatedly say about yourself. So try not to become your own enemy of progress, which happens so often where, you know, we're trying to accomplish some goal and you're the one that's sitting inside of you yourself telling yourself you can't achieve it, telling yourself that you're not good enough, you don't deserve it. And this ties hand in hand with mindset too. I think so often we don't recognize how powerful the stories are that we tell ourselves and how much impact it actually has on our actions and the way that we show up in the world. Um, we are our own worst enemies for sure in terms of that cyclic thinking and, you know, the anxiety that it causes, whether it's through social situations or situations at work. And, you know, a lot of it resides in our own, you know, between our two ears and really nobody else recognizes the battle that you're going through with yourself. So we just thought that it was timely because I think a lot of us have been dealing with some, some self-talk and some things that are swirling in our brains that. Yes. Yeah. And one, one term I heard for this is uh, from somebody say the the silent killer. And that really uh, struck a chord with me. It's just like we can control what goes on between our ears and it it can be a silent killer because nobody else hears it Mm -hmm. except yourself. So we have like six, seven steps to help address uh, this negative self-talk, the silent killer. So we'll kind of uh, walk through those a little here. So step one is is really obvious, but it's observing and identifying your self-talk. So just be an observer. When you start going down that spiral, sit back and just observe yourself saying the statements that you're saying. And a lot of times they're the same things over mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. over, but they might seem like it's a new, it's a new dialogue. Um, the second step was log those negative thoughts. Um, you can do this in a journal. You can even do this mentally as they come up for you. Um, you know, I've done practices with people before where if you're, if you have the same script, the same dialogue and it's on repeat and you can write it down in a journal or some type of piece of paper and just see what are those negative thoughts that are coming up most frequently. And then that allows you the ability to then take a step back and identify the deeper cause of where are these where are these stories or ideas coming from like what is the root of those stories and ideas yeah so it just basically brings them from like the internal to that awareness where it's like an external th- thing now that you can look at and, and identify yeah uh step three is avoid the words always and never i say this to you like know, you sometimes will I, say always and I get mad. Like, yes. like you always leave dishes in the sink or That's you always, and I, right? Yeah, don't, don't air our dirty but laundry But I was just here. saying, like, I think that is across the board. <laughs> Using the words always and never are very tricky because they yes. can create, you know, a negative talk, not only for internally, but also mm-hmm. for people. Even saying it with your kids. Like, why do you always leave your shoes by the door, right? Yeah, it locks the behavior in the brain. Mm-hmm. So you really don't want to, Use, you know, or like I always lose my keys or mm-hmm. uh, I never show up to work on time. 
you know, you're, you're basically creating your identity and behaviors around that by using those really strong words of always and never. So if you're not going to say it out loud, right, then definitely don't say it inside yes, to yourself. Exactly. it's just as hurtful, right? <laughs> um, the, first, the fifth one is talking about the statement, I am. Um, Wayne Dyer's work does a lot with this. I've done activities, again, with graduate students where I actually have them journal the I am statements. And this could be awesome paired with that second one that I talked about where you're journaling those, what are those thoughts that are arising most frequently? And then using the I am statement to counterbalance that. So yeah. if you are identifying yourself in a negative way, how do you flip the I am to something positive? Positive. So what I suggest doing, this is something that's actually pretty cool, is take five minutes, you know, put on some quiet, calm music, find yourself some space and write down I am statements about yourself that are positive in nature. And if you can use that negative list of negative self-talk mm-hmm. and, and use that as a starting point to kind of negate what you already identified, then you're going to set yourself up with that positive mindset around those things so that when that negative thought comes up again, maybe you can replace it with that positive affirmation, that I am statement that you just created. Yeah. Yeah. And and just also, if you are going to use I am in a negative way, like I am being a jerk, you know, like sometimes we just like you do something, you know, you did it. You're like, I am, I'm such a jerk. Um, (laughs) 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 You got to throw in there. I am being, you know, I am being a jerk. Because right there, like, even though you know you were a jerk in that moment, you're just like, I'm identifying this, even though it's the slightest tweak, we're like in the minutiae right now. But you don't want to make that an all-encompassing statement. So It's like the always and the never. But this is something that we work on with our kids, too. Making sure that you don't identify your kids with, you know, you are statements, right? Because that that is shaming them instead of bringing guilt. Brene Brown, I just dropped in there. (laughs) So, like, saying, like, like you know, you are messy versus like right now you're being messy or you created a mess, right? So it's separating the behavior from the person so that they don't take that as an identity. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So this is actually step five. We skip on there. So that was step four. This is step five. Um, And it's kind of when you make a mistake, you got, you have to own it. So I, I look at this in like an office context of, you know, if you did something and you're in a meeting and uh, you just come out and own it, it just takes the energy out of whatever mistake you made. And, you know, it, because we've been, I've sat in meetings where I'm just like, wow, that guy really messed up. But if he just owns it and says, hey, you know, I made an error here. This is why it happened. I apologize. It won't happen again. In my mind, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I don't have any nothing swirling negatively about that person because they just they just brought ownership to it. Mm-hmm. So w- when you do that, you just really break the momentum of whatever mistake you did make. I mean, how many times have you been in, and actually my girlfriend and I have been talking about this recently that, I don't know, post-COVID, some of us are struggling with social engagements and being like around <laughs> socially with people that we haven't seen in a while. And, you know, you might leave that conversation that you've had with this person and your brain starts spiraling of like, oh, did I say the wrong thing? Or should I said this instead? Yeah. Or like, oh, I hope I didn't hurt their feelings when I did this. And already that person probably has forgotten what you've talked about, you know, but we have that idea of like, it continues to swirl and swirl and swirl and swirl. So like Bryce said, I love that because if you can nip it in the bud right away and just be like, you know, listen, like, I'm, I'm sorry, that was a little awkward. Like, I feel like I'm a little out of practice or like, I hope I didn't offend you when I said X, Y, and Z that right there sucks the energy from the, from the conversation. And then you don't have to go home and take that garbage with you and like rethink everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So last step, step six is 
um, reframe failure. So this is that idea of instead of looking at, um, I don't know, how would you say this? So basically, um, when like we, we don't learn, from yeah, we don't learn go perfectly. Yes, so giving, exactly. I, you know, I say this all the time, but like, it's almost like that give yourself grace piece, right? Like mm-hmm. when we fail, instead of that being that night, ne- a lot of failure stems negative self-talk. Like we like have that, it's like an aftermath of it, right? Like yeah. you fail at something, you're feeling really bad about it. And so that idea of like, we expect our, we say this, to our kids, like when they fail, we celebrate it. We're like, good job. Like that was yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. but when, when we do it ourselves, we're a lot harder on ourselves. So taking our own advice and, and allowing ourselves to recognize that failure happens and that most of the time we hold on to it way longer than the people who like witnessed it or we failed because because they let it go way faster than we do right right. and you hear about guys like edison that had a thousand failures Mm -hmm. and then a a thousand first failure it finally clicks in his inventions mate uh and you hear about jeff bezos and like the amount of failures he has had that that has been now you know so much success Mm -hmm. so just reframing failure that Hey, first off, it's fleeting. And then also that's where we get our biggest lessons from those mm-hmm. things. So Tyson, right hand in hand with resilience too, right. the greatest failures and, and that idea of being resilient and practice and, you know, all these things that we're instilling um, in others. But it's also very helpful to remember those for ourselves. Yeah. So remember the silent killer. Take this so seriously. I am so bullish on self-talk. Mm-hmm. Uh that's, I think, what, I, what drives me to do some of my ultra marathons and hard training because when I'm done that, my self-talk is so positive. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm addicted to that more than the actual physical activity, which sounds so counterintuitive, but it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So um, don't take this lightly. If you do have some patterns that you're thinking and you're constantly going down, try to take some of these steps to just reframe it with some I am statements uh, and, you know, see, see what can come of it. So love it. All right, guys. Until next week. Have a great week. Hey, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. would be fantastic if you haven't done so yet. Did you have to say something? No. (laughs) There's another thing you usually say. No, you always say like it. I always say like it, but I didn't. That's on on YouTube. I know. All right, guys. We're we're awesome at this stuff. All right. right, See ya. Bye, guys. Hello, world. Wake me up to another good, good morning time.